What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, we made this. Yo! Greetings, horror fans. Welcome to Cinemortary, your fortnightly roundup of all things horror, remake, sequel, prequel, and all things in between. You join me today, your guest host, the best big man in podcasting, Chris Liney, and I am joined by your two regular cohorts of horror, the haunting henchman of horror, Rob Yeoman, and the muscle-bound meat man of the macabre, Chris Wilson, as we are here to discuss today my choice for Cinemortary's uh, epilogue of horror, Dead Snow 2, Red or Dead. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? That's got to be a T-shirt, hasn't it? Chris Wilson's gimmick there. That has to be a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really impressed by the introduction. I'm starting to think that you've got the wrong Chris on this show, really. <laughs> Muscle-bound meat man of the macabre. Yes. <laughs> That's a Twitter right, bio if I've ever seen one. <laughs> trying my best uh, Matt Stryker impression. Got to get all that alliteration in. For, uh... Yeah, for very strong. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> yeah, halfway through, I just scream out, you are listening to Cinemortuary! <laughs> you know, when you don't have anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's uh, going to see uh, see how many terrible references to something that's not going on I can fit in throughout the course of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it's a your choice this time, uh, do you want to explain why you picked Dead Snow to Red or Dead? Yeah, uh, I mean, we kind of touched on it at the tail end of the previous podcast. Well, uh, I am quite a big zombie horror fan. It's my, sort of my area that I uh, that I dive into quite frequently. Generally, get one or two uh, zombie films in a, a week, really. Because I mean, if you go on Shudder or Amazon Prime or Netflix and trawl the the bottom back of the barrel of, uh, of a horror film, you'll generally find a lot of zombie stuff in there. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, it's generally quite turdy. Uh, uh, this one, I think, uh, delivers in perhaps equal amounts, turdiness and pure gold, as I think we'll go into. Uh, so, yeah, I do like this one. As I say, if I was only ever going to get one shot at choosing a film, I think this is the one. That, you've, uh, you've well and truly shot your shot here, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's uh, see. Uh, going going for the big time. I say, if I can become the first Chris to win an uh, win the main award, <laughs> that would be that would be. Uh, oh, that, Chris Wilson's face would be a picture. I, I might have to walk off a set at that point. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. It's um, it's a, it's a fun one for me. I, as, as I say, I mean, I think there's um, still a few areas, big areas that you guys have not yet got around to going into. But for me, this one seemed to be the. Uh, the easiest choice, the best choice to make. 
And having just rewatched it again this afternoon, I, I'm still quite happy on board with it. So, yeah, what about so, um, uh, what about you guys? Have you got much experience with this uh, this franchise? Well, if you could call two films a franchise, there is supposed I, to be uh, at some point, I, but we'll see. <laughs> I own them both. Um, so I've seen them both before. Uh, I haven't rewatched the first one ahead of this, but um, I did finish finish this film this morning. Um, so yeah, I'm a big big fan of the first one. Um, it's it's um, it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, um, and, and the second one is is also fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's very much sort of grindhouse splatter fodder, cinematography fodder type type scenario we find ourselves in this week that is my that is my humble opinion but yes i have uh, i've seen them both prior to this experiment good good and yourself mr wilson um i watched the original years and years ago probably quite close to when it was released uh honestly because i got it confused for you know iron sky with the uh, okay, nazis yeah. on the moon yeah. and i heard about that one i was really looking forward to it and i saw this what one and i thought oh that's for one and yeah got it wrong but still had a really good time with it uh but to be honest, I've never seen this film because I didn't even know there was a sequel. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite strange because this film come in storyline time comes directly after the first one. Like yeah. the, the mm. final shot of the first film is the start, of the start of this one. But there's years in between both films taking place, uh, yeah. like being shot and that, that sort of thing. So it's not as if it was an original idea to do two films. It was just... When they came around to recast it, like doing the second film, they they just started straight from the end of the first ones. You mean like how the main character Martin he suddenly ages five years <laughs> in the space of a, space of a uh, change of camera angle? Yeah, it's incredible what happens, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, you do wonder how long he was knocked out for in the hospital at uh, one point. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that. It's not uh, like he's had a rough paper round in between to uh, steal a phrase. <laughs> yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. It's quite interesting, though, this uh, this film, uh, directed by Tommy Wakala, he's actually does quite a few films that are sequels. There's um, uh, Kill Bulljo, which um, is a knockoff of Kill Bill. He does, like, one and two in that. The Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters yeah. uh, is him as oh, well. Yeah. And there's a second one of that coming out. So he's definitely somebody who does like a sequel. Uh, and as I say, I mean, there was a lot of uh, talk about there being a dead dead snow three but well, i'm not entirely sure that seems to be on the on the cards anymore but they they teased that right at the end but we'll get into that we, later we shall. on <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. i think in, in terms of uh yeah ending shots that might completely kill off everything that's come before it it's it might win the award for that one but yeah as you say we'll get to that one <laughs> <laughs> when we come around to it um so shall we shall we jump right into things yeah let's do it Chris. Sure. Dive, yeah. Us, dive us into the turds please yeah so, I mean, oh, we start. You, uh, so, you just say, because um, this is weird, because my experience of trying to watch this on Amazon Prime this afternoon uh, took me a bit by surprise in that the Norwegian version without any subtitles is on Amazon Prime, but yeah. yet the English version, which apparently, from the looks of it, they filmed it in both Norwegian and English. Is that correct? Yeah. So, the parts with the American uh, lot that, that rock up, that's obviously all in English. Uh, but yep. in the run-up and the, some of the um, conversations with the police, uh, between the police, that's all in Norwegian, but uh, subtitled. Uh, that's the version yeah, so, of Shudder, which is the one that I watched with my seven-day free trial. The, uh, so the version I watched, it, it was entirely in English. Okay. Oh, right. So we, yeah, so we, we 
may have watched a slightly different copy there, but um, Ooh, I believe they all, which yeah, is they a bit all, weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they the original did quite well at Sundance and mm-hmm. uh, was kind of like a cult hit. So to kind of attract in a wider audience, they they did an English full English version as well. Uh, yeah. And I think so, you can see that in some of the um, choices with the cast as well. Um, yeah, it's, sure. It's obviously, mm. found more of a an American or English speaking uh, sort of audience. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is the second film that we've watched on Cinematch that has this sort of situation. Because I'll see if it was Nosferatu the Vampire, the Werner Herzog film, also filmed uh, one take in English, one take in German. I believe, I think it was German. So yeah. So this isn't a unique situation for Cinematch, funnily enough. <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I, I suppose you have to kind of chase the, the dollar to to revamp your costs but when i've had a look on uh, imdb it seems like it recouped exactly what it cost well, so i'm not sure if it really worked yeah. out in the long run uh, particularly when you think that zombie films are usually quite cheap uh, mm. uh, on yeah. the end uh, so yeah a little little strange on that i'm not sure if they were expecting a bigger response to this because they did i think the film is stylistically different to the original which we can, mm-hmm. we can get yeah. to i think it, it certainly leans more into the comedy side of things than the horror side of things which i think uh maybe is to the detriment in comparison to the first one yeah this i thought that as well there's um um big chris as a as a zombie fan <clears throat> you you'll probably get where i'm coming from with this i felt there was quite a few similarities between the original and sequel to this film and the original return of the living dead and the sequel to that film which is yeah. also quite what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The, this, the second film's very sort of comedy heavy as well, and I think there was there was a bit of a similarity there. Yeah, maybe a little uh, Evil Deadish as well. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, that, that sort of thing where they they kind of go in a, a slightly different route with the with the remake to try and uh, make it a bigger hit. Not that I don't, I think it's hugely affects the film in a in. Well, it, I think it's noticeable when you watch the first and the second, particularly if you watch yeah. it back to back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I mean, speaking of the original film, the this film obviously starts off with a recap of the first one, just to try and bring everybody up to speed. Um, basically, uh, Nazis were uh, killed during the war. They The bodies were frozen in the mountains. They were resurrected, trying to uh, find some Nazi gold, which Martin and his crew stumbled upon uh, during the first film. Uh, Martin manages to buy off the, the Nazis by giving all the gold back. And then just as you think he's got away with it, he puts the key into the, uh, into the car's ignition and one last piece of gold falls out of his pocket, and he goes, oh, fuck. And then, bam, <laughs> Herzog the Nazis right at his window and smashes it, and that's where uh, we start end and start and end, uh, <laughs> depending on which film it is. Uh, yeah, so we start straight into the action. Uh, Herzog, who's the lead Nazi, uh, is trying to choke out Martin uh, as Martin is stumbling to try and get to the, uh, the, uh, the gear stick so that he can put the car in drive. But as he just gets to the, the gear stick, he's, he moves his hand up and turns off the radio. 
because it's playing an awful pop song that he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Which always, always gets a little pop out of me because it's a. I think it perfectly kind of encapsulates this. This opening scene perfectly encapsulates the film uh, as Martin manages to get away, but um, there's another Nazi that was trying to get through the other door, and he kind of gets eviscerated by the broken yes. glass as uh, as Martin drives away. And yeah. uh, as, as we'll come to see, they love evisceration in this film. Yeah, but I'll say the amount of intestines, because this bit is obviously a, is a callback to Martin's friend from the first film. Um, he basically stumbled into a tree while running from the Nazis and as warned by the crazy old guy earlier on in the film about what would you do if you had your intestines all out in front of you? Lo and behold, he does. So again, this time the, there's the Nazi who has the intestine like uh, sprawled out as the uh, car drives away and yeah that's not the last time we'll see intestines in this film no <laughs> it's certainly no. not it's, uh, it's yeah it's definitely one of the things the uh, the director seems to team, seems to cling to as it, uh, it was quite prominent in the first one uh, and this one uh, so Martin's speeding away uh, with Herzog uh, stuck on the outside of the car uh, as they end up going down the road uh, a big lorry comes the other way and wipes Herzog off the side of the uh, side of the car, severing his arm, which lands into Martin's car, um, and uh, yeah, Martin carries on down the road. Eventually, crashes and, and passes out. Um, mm. um, on the flip side, Herzog uh, is laid out in the middle of the road. The uh, truck driver stops to uh, obviously see what he's hit. Tries to give him CPR, which uh, just get a pop out because he's kind of like, well, he's clearly. <laughs> Very dead. He's not. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, he is, but obviously he is a zombie, so he does wake up and take takes a massive chunk out of the driver, um, which shows as, you that CPR works. <laughs> yeah, he's brought him back to life. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, we get the little bit where Martin's thrown the coin out of the of the car uh, while he was speeding away. They put it back into the box. Uh, he tries to do the seek high, but his arm's been cut off. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> just like, was, that was excellent. That did yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's literally just the first couple of minutes. That's just uh, bringing us up to speed as to as to where the yeah. story. Oh, already, like it sets the tone very nicely, and I know I'm in for like a sort of good time here because we're like, uh, like literally throwing like a lot of stuff up uh, already. You know, all sorts of bloody intestines and arms coming off and everything. <laughs> and, <not. laughs> and you were. You sort of trust the bear in mind what happened in the first one. You sort of trust that this isn't going to be it for like a long period of time, like we've had with other horror films that we've watched recently. You know, the the uh, gore and the uh, severing of limbs is going to continue on uh, yeah, really quickly, they, very shortly. Don't really take the foot off the accelerator uh, in this one. Uh, the final bit we get, obviously, is um, with uh, the the rest of the Nazis marching up in, back into the mountain, seemingly sated that they've finished their job of getting all the Nazi gold, Herzog sees that the truck is from a place called Talvig. And it, yes. it seems to trigger something in him as he just stares mm. at the truck and then stares at, the, at the, the town across the bay. Maybe he was a truck driver before he became a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one, one thing I, uh, I wanted to note about this off the bat, and it's the same throughout, um, is obviously it's a splatter feast and we'll get into all this, all of that as we go. But... Um, I thought that the the locations and the setting is uh, nothing short of beautiful, uh, and it does does add it does add a little something something I think to the um, to the overall sort of product we see on the screen. Mm. Yeah, the isolation I think in in the way that we were speaking about 
previous film where you can just show the the, the landscapes and the you can't escape into a town or that sort of thing it's like kind of the the wilderness uh, is yeah. all, another enemy for for the people sort of thing yeah 100% yeah, so uh, next, Martin wakes up in the hospital where immediately he's inco- interrogated by a cop uh, because, of course, all of his friends were found dead up in the mountains. And since Martin is citing a, a Nazi uh, zombies that have come out from the ground, obviously they all think that is already a bit crazy and probably done for murderings. Yeah, also, he did kill his girlfriend in error with an axe. He did, yes. <laughs> yes, he did, yeah, yeah. Embedded in her neck, which would still have his fingerprints on, which is kind of like the leading part of, uh, of yeah. the investigation. This is the the sole police officer that actually seems to know what to do at any point. In the yeah, film. I was going to mention that. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite nice that the shit cops are worldwide and not just an American thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so well, big town that knows what he's doing. Not, yeah. not a shit ass <laughs> small town cop. If, if this one was not trained by William Shatner, <laughs> it certainly was not. <laughs> No, but as we'll get into, everyone else has been. So yeah. <laughs> this way goes up to Scandinavia, as it turns out. Yes. He must, must have done a seminar, must have flown out there. Yeah. They tripped up to Talvich. No wonder he couldn't like discover you know, who killed his girlfriend, even though he's like a 30-year FBI officer, because he was too busy doing all these talks in Norway to you know get some, <laughs> instead of you know getting some expertise on the job. Yeah, yeah 100%. So to compound Martin's bad day of not only being told that, you know, all his friends are dead, there's a Nazi zombie horde after him, and now he's been accused of mass homicide. He's also had a Nazi's arm attached to his own arm, because uh, at the tail end of the first film, he cuts off his own arm with a chainsaw uh, after he gets bitten. And as we were saying, Herzog's arm ends up in the the car with him. So the uh, doctor obviously just presumes, well, he's got an arm off. And there's an arm up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do. There's a arm in the, in the vicinity. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> but in uh, in amazing uh, amazing sense, the the Nazi arm is is just powerful by itself. It's sentient and uh, it just starts killing people left, right, and centre. Yes. <laughs> now, this this got me really in mind of one of my uh, favourite cult horror films, Idle Hands. Um, very Idle Hands situation. If that's, a, if that's a film you've not seen, do fucking see it. Um, it is excellent. I've had that letter boxed right now. Yeah, do. It's uh, Jessica Alba and Devon Sawyer, who's uh, best known for being in Final Destination 1 and playing... Oh, well, and it's a late nineties film as well. It is, yeah. It's Perfect. excellent. It's excellent. He, he also played Stan in Eminem's Stan music video. Ah. Okay. <laughs> and then in a mirroring scene, Herzog ends up with Martin's arm attached to him uh, mm-hmm. when the, the Nazis invade a house. Uh, and there's a really I don't know if it if it was the same in English as it was in the Norwegian. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh yeah. There's an old dirty pervert sat in a chair while his uh, husband, uh, his wife's outside, and he's looking at um, like a FHM or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he says in, in the the Norwegian version, he says, "Hey, love, take your dentures out. I feel like some head." Right. <laughs> 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 and uh, in the English version, all he says is, "I'm in the mood for some head." What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is definitely a phrase that normal people yeah. say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Every day. Standard issue. For me. Or yeah. some head. <laughs> and then wouldn't you know it, one of the Nazis throws his uh, wife's head at him. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, do, I do love a good uh, pun like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets his head bashed in. While trying to defend himself with the uh, with the magazine, yeah, it's uh, just another completely just throwaway kill that they just just mm. went. I should have probably k- k- did a, a death count for, for how many people get off during this because we're looking at a high a high figure there. We should have done a blood count in liters because I think we've already had about twenty liters spilled in this film. Easily, Easily. It's bloody everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I'm really enjoying this because again we've had a couple of films where it's been a bit of a barren spell of of gore and all that lot and this is just bringing that quota back up again yeah there's also a scene later on that is just a contender after contender the kill of the week oh yeah (laughs) we'll we'll get into that what probably the best scene i've seen in a film in years but we'll we'll get to that (laughs) uh yeah so both men have their own arm which kind of links them together in the story as uh as, as the leaders. Uh, Herzog goes off to the cemetery for the fallen German soldiers during World War mm-hmm. II. Uh, he tries to raise the dead as he did in the first film to, to raise his army, but because they're now off the mountain, the, the soil's too warm and the bodies have decomposed. So he can't raise skeletons, he can only raise the uh, the frozen corpses. Uh, and just just for the hell of it, he kills the priest and turns him into yeah. his own. <laughs> Why not? As you as you would in that situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it moves quite quickly at the start to, to get everything up to pace. So Martin wakes up again in the hospital now, uh, fully strapped down. He was originally just uh, handcuffed, but now he's just he's fully strapped down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows that Herzog's come off the mountain because the arm is linked to him. Uh, kind of gives him a uh, and sort of a sim- symbiotic relationship, I guess you'd say. Or yeah. Telepathic, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's struggling to try and figure out how he's going to get out, and then suddenly a kid just pops up <laughs> at the end of the bed. <laughs> yeah, so, I just love this because, like, there's security outside, and you can like see him, but he's like fast asleep. So yeah. it's like just this young boy called Bobby just like walks in, yeah. like like from the sheer hell of it. This entire sequence is just also gloriously unnecessary. Um, it does really very little of anything um, to the, to pushing the plot of the film forward in any way. It's just a sort of funny standalone scene, um, which yeah. serves no purpose but does entertain. Well, I, I guess it kind of introduces the idea of the zombie squad. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He sent a picture of the of the zombie arm to the zombie squad, who are uh, become kind of a, a bigger bit uh, throughout. Yeah, yeah. The- yeah. Um, Martin tricks the kid into freeing him by saying he has chocolate, and the kid makes the uh, arguably the sickest noise I think I've ever heard uh, <laughs> when he hears that the, the guy has triple cho- uh, triple uh, triple fudge chocolate. Um, <laughs> it's a very creepy little uh, little bit, but yeah. what follows is hilarious 
as <laughs> the Nazi arm just yeets the kid out of the window oh, when, Martin's not, when Martin's not looking. And the kid goes through the window, through the bars on the outside, and just crunches outside. Yeah, yes. I, I laugh so hard at this. I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm a bit sick of it. I enjoy when kids also get it in horror films. I, I hate it when they're spared to hear. Well, it certainly shows that there's no, there's no, uh, no quarter given. No, uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Martin, obviously, distraught at what's happened, jumps out of the window to try and give CPR to the kid. <laughs> this was the yeah. This was the this was the big pop, wasn't it? Yeah, he just caves his chest in accidentally. Super. <laughs> his chest just explodes. <laughs> you just like, oh blimey! It is. Uh, it's just utterly bizarre. As soon as it happens, you're like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The cop has yeah. finally woken up after all this kerfuffle. Uh, looks out the window and sees Martin um, standing over the kid's body. Martin obviously just runs off. Uh, the cop starts to give chase, and it ends up with uh, with the Nazi arm again, just killing the cop with the uh, Mercedes Benz hood ornament and yeah, just yeah. using it as a ninja star, just straight from his forehead. It's. <laughs> I think the Nazi arm could just have its own horror film. It feels like, and uh, you know, just like the thing. Yes, just, just going around. Just, yeah, just or, or like at least it's like lighthearted, like sort of comedy <laughs> show, like just a Nazi am like yeah. doing horrific stuff to people, and it just shrugs like, oh well. I know my first, my first thought when I was watching this was, this is a lot like the thing in so many ways. No, not not the th- the thing from the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, Martin hightails it in the car, uh, and he gets a call from the zombie squad who ask him what's going on. Uh, he gives the uh, kind of explains what's going on. They say they're coming to Norway uh, and tell Martin to try and figure out what Herzog's mission is because the reason he'll still be around is because he has a mission that he had in life that he hasn't completed in death. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm then I quite like the, then the real of the zombie squad because you're expecting this like high tech sort of professional sort of mission going on and you now it's just three early 20 somethings in the mum's attic. Yeah, it's three, it's three bloggers. Basically, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, they, they... people from Twitter who like Star Wars. Yeah, unfortunately, too much. Yeah, you know, they like Star Wars. <laughs> that's for me one of the uh, the detriments of the film. Yeah, the Star Wars stuff's kind of like really weird because it's just such a weird point of reference to to shoehorn into a sort of splatter horror zombie film. Mm. It's, it's just it's... like I say, it's just like really common as well because like. Everyone's watched Star Wars. I don't get because I think it's supposed to like portray all of us so nerdy and all that lot, but everyone yeah. watches it. Everyone knows it. It's not really. If we're like quoting Coronation Street, I'd probably have more respect for their nerdiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're out there quoting some Japanese pro wrestling or something, then I'd understand yeah. that they were nerds, but <laughs> one of the biggest franchises in the, in, in the, in the first film, there's, there's a, horror, a horror film nerd. And he makes some very obscure references, mm-hmm. uh, and it has like a brain dead shirt on and all this sort of thing. But and yeah, it feels like this is the very satirized version of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like for an American like audience, what do Americans like? Oh, Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does it, it come across as that, and I feel that yeah. I don't know if the comedy is supposed to be tongue in cheek in that they know that the jokes are shit, yeah. or they actually think they're funny. Uh, but I don't think it ever really materializes one way or the other. Uh, which is uh, a bit of a disappointment. Really. Uh, yeah. hey, one, so, one thing I do like at the end of a scene, though, is uh, 
I think it's uh, Daniel is his name, I believe. Uh, yeah. He, he throws the axe, you know, to try and look cool towards the dart body, just completely misses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a few nice little moments like that, sort of as the film goes, where it's kind of made clear that most of the protagonists are fucking useless. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy that sort of slight level of realism to it as, as we went through. Yeah. Uh, just for reference, the the zombie squad, uh, one guy, two girls, guys called Daniel, and, and the two women are called Blake and Monica. Uh, it doesn't really come up too much, but... Yeah, I just no. called them American One and American Two. <laughs> that, yeah. I had to talk because I don't think we literally said the name once during the whole like, thing. <laughs> it is a, yeah, there's the full cast list with names, and I'm like, I'm sure none of these people ever get referenced by their names. No, they don't. Yeah, I, script writing 101 in the first scene they're in, just for some reason, have them say the, the other person's name out loud twice, just yeah. so you get the name, and then you move on from that. You don't need to do it again. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly. We get um, to visit the village cops. Uh, for here we go. Following here we go. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I shut <laughs> My notes just re- literally right. Shit cops, they're shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just just dickhead cops yeah. staggering about the place, being ineffectual in every way imaginable. Perfect. Com- yeah, complaining it's what about I want from cops in horror film. <laughs> complaining about cold coffee and time zone changes and this that the other. And having to give talks about the dangers of smoking weed and, and all that lot. I think in our in our build up to our hundredth uh, episode, I think we should do like a supercut of all the shit cops in all the films that we've done, just like fucking shit house after shit house after shit house. I'd enjoy it greatly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> of course. Uh, so we head back with the zombie squad landing in Norway. Uh, they make some terrible Star Wars references, and then go to the hardware store for weapons because they can't buy guns because they're not in America. Yes, because everywhere that's not America is shit, is the moral of this little little arc. <laughs> yeah, I do love at the end, because yes, like basically buy like all sorts of hammers, no, that lot, anything they can from this toy shop. And at the end, they come across the world's longest receipts, which <laughs> some reason reminded me of, uh, of Chris Jericho reading out all of his moves. <laughs> is his 1001 holds. Canadian yeah. armbar. <laughs> oh. And then uh, next we go to outside for War Museum and uh, Martin gets out of the car. He's looking a bit red because he's got blood all over him. And the only clothes that are in the car is a green tracksuit, which I thought looks all right, actually. I'm, I'm not sure. It's very, very sort of 1992 chic going on. I think it's it must be a joke that as foreigners don't get. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Possibly. It's- Reference it, it, the way it's shot seems to be like, ha, look at him in that tracksuit, and it's also referenced that he's wearing a green tracksuit later on, as if it, it means, but it's never really explained as to what it is. Uh, I'm gonna see if we quickly find it. I wonder if it's like some sort of joke at the expense of a Swedish or something, <laughs> quite possible. Yeah, uh, so, so Martin goes into the museum, uh, which is being ran by one of the guys that was in the first film, uh, but that's never really referenced because uh, right. he, he, he plays a character. Eyes. It's the same actor, but a different character, um, which which seemed a bit odd. You'd have thought there'd be at least one other actor in uh, in, yeah. uh, in Norway. Uh, they go through to try and find out what uh, Herzog's plan was. Finds out that it, he was supposed to destroy the town of Talvig uh, because they sabotaged a Nazi plan um, yeah. during during the war. So they figure out that that's where he'll be going. And wouldn't you know it? Just as they figure that out, who turns up at the museum? 
It's only bloody Herzig and the Nazi squad. They love it, don't they? They love tip, tipping up at a, a slightly awkward moment for their uh, for their plan. That's it. Well, they saw a you... tank off the hill, you see, and they were like, tell you what we need, lads. A tank. To be fair, Norway's a small place, you know. <laughs> yes. You, you, you yeah. just end up bumping across the entire population if you go out for a walk for an hour. So, you know, it was bound to happen. 100%. 100%. So uh, Herzog and the crew end up killing a load of uh, tourists that had just arrived on some buses. Yeah. Uh, some squelchy kills in this. Yes. Lots of, yep. lots of giblets. Yeah. And, uh, Not, I don't think any of the great kills happen here, but it's very much just uh, a bit of a massacre. Yeah, it gets oh, yeah. us warmed up for events later on, I think. The one thing I did enjoy was that there was more fun with intestines here. As they yep. needed a uh, petrol for the tank, so they needed <laughs> yes. someone's intestines to siphon uh, petrol from a car nearby and get it from there. I love that character. Yeah, I think if there was an award for most egregious use of intestines, this would be. It's right up there. The, e- the easy yeah. winner, I think. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some... yeah, I think that's going to be a, a new award on Cinemontry, like a yearly award, <laughs> best use of intestines. Hundred percent. Let's get on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we and see. The... Her... So sorry, uh, I was going to say the important thing to say here is that the uh, zombies, instead of just killing them and leaving them for uh, for dead, they uh, are bringing them back alive this time. Yeah, which is the first time Martin sees it happen. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Herzog goes into the museum uh, and steals a map so that he knows where Talvik is. Uh, and during this scene, the Martin and the other lad, pretend they're soldiers, uh, and like, have to stay really still during the scene. Which, uh, so that's some right Scooby Doo stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that in a live action film before. Them doing all <laughs> Scooby Doo routine, stunning stuff. The other dude chooses a really difficult position as well. He's not just stood there; he's like on his knees, like almost saluting. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah, yeah. You know, choose a better. Just sit down. Sort <laughs> it out. Sort it out, boys. You just lay down. Pretend you're dead. Pretend uh, Martin's killed you. You have a nice snooze. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a worryingly massive uh, swash sticker on the wall in this uh, museum, which I don't recall seeing in a in any museums that I've been to about Second World War stuff. No. Maybe a picture or something, but you wouldn't have a giant. You know, no, it's, a, it's a little bit. It's a little bit too obvious, isn't it? Generally, for a museum to, to go down such a such a tactless road. Makes you wonder where they got it from. Who on the production happened to have a massive Nazi flag? Yeah, exactly. It's, was Uwe Ball involved in this in any way? <laughs> <laughs> so the Nazis and their new tank uh, head off. Uh, there are still some dead. Uh, but some of the zombies are still walking around the car park, mm-hmm. uh, haven't followed on with uh, Herzog. So Martin decides that it's time to start using the arm to see see what sort of uh, powers it's got. And he absolutely destroys somebody's head with a, yeah. <laughs> with a punch, <laughs> which is a phenomenal kill. And then he follows that up by doing Kano's fatality from Mortal Kombat. And punching through somebody's yes. chest and pulling out the heart. It's outstanding. Back to back kills. You think, oh, this is this is right up there, but it might not even reach the top ten. No, <laughs> I'll say this is baseline kill for for this film. <laughs> yeah, so this is what we casually do between the big kills. You know, just cut, rip someone's heart out for the sheer fuck of it. Yeah, uh, some just absolutely uh, phenomenal stuff. And then Martin manages to raise one of the dead. Uh, himself, and that kind of becomes his uh, little his pet zombie. Basically, follows him around everywhere. Yeah, uh, 
and becomes kind of the butt of the jokes as uh, as things go on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, actually, as he, as he raises it, that's when the, the zombie squad uh, turn up and they immediately kill him. So he yes. has to... <laughs> the, like, the unexpectedly effective zombie squad tip up. Yeah. Kill him with a tomahawk axe from uh, from a good 20 foot away. Uh, yeah. And then he has to raise him again with the with the uh, with the uh, the axe in his head. Yeah, uh, and that, and kind of thus thus begins a cycle of that zombie being killed and resurrected in a variety of giblety and hilarious ways throughout the rest of the film. I kind of feel if he was just the comic relief, that might be better than trying to force in some of the the other yeah. jokes. Yeah, I think it might be a little overkill with how much comedy they try to cram in. But I think the stuff yeah. that you do with him is quite good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we sort of like split it a bit here. So we see like, uh, for example, Herzog, you know, is on top of his tank and there's like a whole army of uh, zombies walking down now. And while that's going on, um, uh, Daniel explains about uh, Colonel Herzog's role in 1944 in building a railroad in the uh, Kaven Mountains uh, with uh, loads of Russian prisoner of wars. So their plan is to resurrect these Russians. This is uh, going to be Martin's plan. And yeah, so guess we're going to do that then. Yeah. yeah. They, they figure that they need to try and delay the Nazis from getting to Talvig, yes. but also resurrect the Russians. So yeah, they split into two groups of three with Martin and Daniel and the zombie going off together and um, Blake and Monica of the zombie squad and Glenn from the museum trying to delay the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And they and they go their separate ways. Yes, but uh, never mind any of that. Let's go back and see what the Nazis are up to. In uh, <laughs> what are uh, they up to? <laughs> well, <laughs> what are they? Wait, a lot of things. <laughs> they so, they stumbled you... across a small little hamlet, which probably only had twenty people in it. But if you don't, if you don't get ten kill, ten amazing kills out of this sequence, it's. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and you know you're in for a good time because like the tank literally drives towards three children in a sandbox and the children just sit there in amazement instead of thinking I've got a minute <laughs> that's coming back tomorrow right, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very uh, Austin Powers with the guy yes, getting with the very. roller like no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the three kids get absolutely uh, squished and we just get a jump cut of of different kills. Um, there's um if you remember Chronic from WCW with oh, their how, double how could team you forget team, Chris? How could you forget their, their double team choke slam uh, finish called the High Times? One of the lads gets that onto a white picket fence and just, <laughs> just <laughs> explodes everywhere. Everyone explodes when they die in this film. It's like even even if even if you had a heart attack in this film, you would explode. And then somebody's getting choked out with somebody else's intestines. Again, with the intestines, I love it. <laughs> the Norwegians are just full of intestines. There's no other internal no. organs. No, it's just what they do. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also like two old people in the bathroom. And uh, some- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, uh, the Nazis uh, invade, and one of them gets battered to death with the sink. The sink, yes. yeah. Really, really throwing the kitchen sink at this one, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a woman to um, push away somebody else in a wheelchair. Uh, yes. And then she decides, fuck it, I'm running off myself. And the this, woman tips up and gets... This, uh, this entire sequence is basically the hardcore title match from WrestleMania 17, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just like fucking shopping trolleys flying around everywhere. Raven's getting thrown through a plate glass window. It's fucking all happening. People are getting run over by golf buggies. It's great times. It's great times. Yeah. And uh, um, this woman in a wheelchair gets a Seth Rollins-style stomp to the head as well. Caves her head in. And there's also, I think probably my favourite one out of all of these, is uh, there's just like another family at breakfast and like the Invade. And uh, and I think like for the grandma or whoever, for some reason we like do that whole swingy whoopsie sort of thing and like chuck her out the window. Yeah. And and, and she lands a head perfect for the tank just to roll over her head. Yeah. Stunning. Diving on that. I will say this is all too much, you know. I, I I'm just knackered after this. I don't even smoke. I need a cigarette, you know. <laughs> oh, this is not even it yet. Uh, it's then the two mothers as well. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the Piesta Resistance is the uh, two mothers and pushing their prams up the hill, uh, and they see what's going on. <laughs> they turn around to start running down the hill, and the uh, the tank spots them and just blows them out of existence yeah. <laughs> with flying body parts towards the camera, and one of the babies just going as <laughs> it flies. If ever there was a moment that the word <laughs> eviscerated was designed for, it was this one. Oh, that's, everyone was, oh, it was just a yeah, yeah. Of, uh... It's like a butcher's cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you, yeah. Gary's meat is so, it's sorted for Christmas. You know, you don't have to get extra stock in now. 100%. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I will say, if we're allowed to count a sequence as a kill, this has got to be the kill of the entire podcast so far. Out of all the 88, 89 episodes we've done. Yeah, it's this wild. Is just glorious. What a, what a team. Yeah. It is. It's, you can just watch that as a two minute clip and just laugh, I think. So, for the, <laughs> I uh... might do again later on, in all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Nazis have completely destroyed that that Hamlet and are on their way to, to Talvig. Uh, the cops turn up at the museum, find all the dead bodies and uh, CCT footage of Martin having been there. So, obviously, think that he's on a on a murderous rampage sort of spree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call that in. Uh, I think they call in the feds at that point, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They also go on this weird, like, sort of running joke about how the seagulls could be witnesses if only there was a seagull to human translate, so that was in existence. Yeah, it never really goes or anywhere or pays it, off. It that, doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of, like, wrap it up with that joke later on. It's just sort of like, okay, this is very Norwegian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it is a Norwegian thing. Yeah, it's uh, speaking yeah. to the. To be fair, I'm, I'm surprised it's not a Grinsby thing. We, we've got loads of seagulls here. They're fucking huge. 
<laughs> well, of course, you, you're in Grimsby, do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. it's they uh, keep eating all the fish on the docks, you know, they're basically the size of rhinoceroses at this point. I mean, how many people per year are killed by uh, seagulls in Grimsby? It must be, must be quite a large number. Not as many as heart attacks, but, you know. Yeah. Too many. I think this is why we need to do a 24-hour charity stream to help those victims of seagulls. Yes. I mean, maybe that's the horror film that, you know, you're born to write, Wilson. When ghouls attack Grimsby, and they start taking off children and knocking old people off cliffs, and it'd be like the birds for the new generation. Exactly that. Let me just write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seagulls. Yep, got it. Um, so we now get to the part where um, Museum Glenn and the, the two ladies from the zombie squad uh, managed to cross paths with the Nazis uh, trying to, to stop them. Uh, Museum Glenn, standing in front of the Nazi tank and their, their horde of zombies, manages just to stand there long enough to say, I didn't know there was an ugly t- face convention in town. And then <laughs> <laughs> what a zinger. Killed him. Killed him. <laughs> I don't know if they used the same line in English. Uh, I, yeah, I he did, it, yes. Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and then uh, obviously he gets chased by the zombies through the swamp uh, with the zombie squad blowing people up with grenades. Yeah. yeah. And then when yeah, he yeah. that, he fires the tank at the, uh, yeah. at the, the humans. Yeah, I, I did like how um, uh, Monica and Becky, I think her name is, do the USA chants, which uh, made yeah, me yeah. think that Jim Duggan would show up at any minute. <laughs> Yeah, with the Norwegian lad just stood behind me going. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting at least one. Yeah. yeah, I think if it was more self-deprecating American humour than trying to wedge in the nerdy stuff, maybe that might have worked better from them. But mm, yeah, but yeah, it might have done. Um, yeah, uh, next uh, we go to uh, Martin. He has a bit of a flashback from the first film, you know, where he accidentally killed his girlfriend Hannah. Um, he wakes up in the car with uh, with Daniel, only to uh, find that they're stuck in the mud, and uh, they're in the car with the other zombie guy, this, and, the, and this, both of humans are mulling. If only we could find something to put under the car to give it a bit of traction. This got a massive pop out of me. Probably my favourite bit of the film, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's just like just like the zombie underneath the car just going, blah, 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 uh, was one of my absolute highlights of this particular film. Do you not think that the zombie guy looks like um, the guy out of Game of Thrones that played... Um, do you know, Alfie Allen, do you mean? Alfie Allen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does a little but, bit, yeah, but, yeah. I was like, that is Alfie Allen, isn't it? And I had to actually look it up to make sure it wasn't. <laughs> it's a random bit of casting. It's quite an old bloke. <laughs> yeah. There just seemed to be certain angles where I was like, it definitely could be that guy. Just um, the fact that they keep resurrecting him over and over again, and yes. he's just like getting more and more giblity as it goes through. Yeah, well, I, I mean, just love as well here, because we can literally use any part of his body to get traction, and they're probably thinking for a laugh, like, let's do it in between his legs. <laughs> yeah. So fucking cold. <laughs> also, Martin's got a zombie arm. He could surely just pick that thing up. Yeah, yeah, that, I was thinking that. He's like, no, we'll just sacrifice the other guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so they would uh, uh, just be him going up, and yeah, no, <laughs> guy, guy's groin instead. Yeah, much better for the car. <laughs> yeah, so they they uh, wheel spin his groin off, 
uh, and he, he dies again, only to be resurrected again. So uh, I think that's the third or fourth time he's probably died and come yeah, back. Yeah. Um, and then after this, do we do we go back to the uh, useless Norwegian cops for a bit of useless Norwegian copage? <laughs> yeah, they decide they're, they're going to get the glory for themselves because the, the Federales can't get there until the next day because of the weather. Yeah. Which in this case makes a lot of sense because it's North Norway where, where they are. So it's not exactly going to be the most hospitable of places to, to fly into. No, for sure. For sure. So, so yeah, they, uh, they decide they're, they're going to tool up and go out and capture themselves a serial killer. Cause they obviously don't know what, what's actually going on at the minute. No. Yeah. And I love the sheer accuracy as well. The main cop has got the victim's wallet. So he's just pocketing the money for himself. They've <laughs> clearly done some research into real police work. Yeah. <laughs> fucking 100%. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and then we kind of crush, uh, crash back to Martin, who, um, after a bit of walking, uh, they find where the, the Russian army was was uh, executed, uh, raised them up uh, with a big uh, Superman punch to the ground. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shades of Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that WrestleMania match against Undertaker when he does his little thing and then the whole stadium just blows up behind him. Very, very good. Like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been a bit shit for for Roman Reigns if it suddenly resurrected about seventy thousand zombies. though. like, whoops. Especially when he was against the Undertaker as well. Not the best idea. Yeah, no, it's not going to work, is it? Not going to work. I think what the way to do that, like if they worked that gimmick, the way to do it would have been if if Reigns' fist has the power to raise the dead, and he did that before the Undertaker match, and then all of Undertaker's previous WrestleMania opponents all rise up, like that big fucking giant Gonzalez guy or whatever he was, with his little like giant Gonzalez man suit on. That'd pop me. <laughs> it did a hell of a job standing up. I think he was in a wheelchair before he died. Oh Jesus! Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, there, there's another one we could do for a, for a horror film. A WWE like giant Gonzalez Undertaker, uh, Yokozuna sort of villains coming back to from yeah. the dead. Yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll write that one down <laughs> as well. Yeah. So far, he's got idle hands. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's well, got that- Undertaker, Undertaker zombie film, and uh, Grimsby Seagulls. Yep. You could have a, a labyrinth that's got min, uh, Mantor in it that runs around and kills people. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gobbledygook has got to appear somewhere in, uh, in one of these scenarios. <laughs> you would joke about it, but I'm writing nothing at the minute, so I might just literally write it anyway for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, you... maybe maybe the Grimsby, Grimsby uh, seagull horror could end with a gobbledygook running. Oh, what gobbledygook horror is like the master for seagulls somehow. It's a bird. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah see. They're all... So what happens next in yeah. Dead Snow Soup? <laughs> 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 raise the raise the Russian dead. Uh, one of the dudes is massive. Uh, he seems to be the leader of the Russian army. Uh, then we uh, cut back to the cops again, who are now tooled up and ready to go. And the leader of the shit cops tries to kick down the door uh, and almost breaks his leg. <laughs> yes. This <laughs> 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 is <was> fantastic. <laughs> Very uh, hot fuzz esque, I think that could have been uh, in in that sort of yeah. Bit. Very much so. Very much yeah. so. You sort of get a feeling for quite a bit of this. We are quite inspired by hot fuzz uh, in a lot of respects with the cops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a film where if you do like shit cops, and obviously on this uh, this podcast, it is a running thing. This is a this is a shit cop film. It is. You know? It really is. Yeah. It picks a lot of boxes in terms of uh, what people like. Uh, 
with with uh, films in this podcast. Yeah. I think this is uh, one of our offshoots when we finally launch that sort of Marchery Patreon page, is a uh, uh, the, the shit cop show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where we look at shit cops in all sorts of different genres. Yeah, does that Bill, Bill theme off Wilson? It's coming back out. Yes, <laughs> it's about time. So now we we're basically at the crux of the film. We're hit, hitting into the third act, and yeah. it is just one long scene. Yeah, it's a good. It's twenty. It's, tw- minutes. it's twenty minutes of people leathering the fuck out of each other, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think you've had some fights and kills so far. I don't think the kills are as good as they were in the in the Hamlet scene, but everybody gets it at this point. Yeah, this 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 last yeah. sort of like twenty minutes of action has everything, everything uh, apart from one thing. I've been I've been rewatching uh, Dark Side of the Ring recently, um, and I just like when I was watching it, I thought, "Fuck me!" Like all this needs is Bruiser Brody to come out of one of these shacks with his chain whipping it around <laughs> his head. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah, so this is just basically a, a really brutal game of British Bulldog in in the middle of a field, isn't it? Why did you have to bring British Bulldog into this? I broke my ankle at school playing British Bulldog. I'm getting fucking flashbacks now. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you so, wouldn't yeah, have been any good here then. No, I, mean, I wouldn't. I'd be in the corner yeah. crying. Well, no, they could have, uh, as, as the, uh, the Nazi doctor does, you could have chopped off your leg and stuck a. Uh, a plunger to the uh, plunger, yeah, 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 very good. I love the, I love the, uh, I love the, uh, the little bit of hay stuffed into some guy's guts and then a bit of duct tape to seal it round as well. Strong work. Yeah, I'm just uh, sad the plunger wasn't used as a weapon to complete the household tools trilogy that we've had going on. Yeah, uh, with the uh, broom and yeah, and the mop. If only, if only. that no, that would have been good. What a way to top that yeah. off! This has been an unheralded, uh, unheralded uh, trilogy of uh, of death by uh, cleaning materials. Yeah, to set the scene, Herzog uh, tips up on the tank with the Nazi and zombie armies uh, in Talvik, but Martin's already beaten him there and tells him, "We've everybody's gone. You can't complete your mission. You might as well head up back the mountain. Back up the mountain." Uh, they all start to laugh as they're going to destroy everything anyway. And then Martin reveals the big Russian army with uh, the big lad uh, leading the charge. Uh, and it is just 20 minutes of a fight. <laughs> it's like It's decent, decent work right out of, uh, out of uh, Herzog and the big Russian here, actually. I thought it's, this is a good, decent big lad's rumble, actually. They, they do really well, actually. Um, I'm, I'm doing some re- background reading into this. A lot of the people that we used weren't stunt uh, stunt guys. They were MMA fighters, and they were all just kind of willing to do whatever. Yeah, to, just to, keep, to, just batter <laughs> me for real. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of the fight sequences in this are really good, particularly when Herzog and Martin are fighting in the kitchen uh, towards the tail end of that. I think that's a very tightly done uh, yeah, fight yeah. scene. Uh, yeah. The Herzog yeah. and the Russian, the big Russian dude who's called Stavarin. Uh, they have a really uh, a good back and forth with some uh, big strikes thrown there. It doesn't look like they're pulling uh, pulling the punches, and the camera's quite tight on it. So I think they were just leathering each other because <laughs> it, it didn't look like they were overly worried about uh, you know hurting, getting hurt or anything like that. There's uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of action kind of intercut with the police turning up, and then um, the police kind of almost get squashed by the tank. At one point, yeah. and then they they run and off. The cars get the crushed, don't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they run off into the house and just watch 
uh, they kind of just give up trying to actually help anybody, uh, realizing that they've, they've got, not got a chance. And yeah, that kind of intercuts uh, with all the with all the fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's around this time we uh, get one more use, or maybe two more uses of uh, intestines. Um, this time, electrified ones. Yes, this is quite good work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elect- electrocution works on a zombie that well, unless it like explodes them. Well, that's that's yeah, another, that's yeah, another, overload them. It must be. That's another thing that reminded me of Return of the Living Dead too, because in that film, there's an electrocution scene um, where they electrocute a lot of zombies, and um, you, this is going to really make Wilson want to watch this film. Um, there's a scene where all the zombies are sort of like getting electrocuted and going like this, and then from left to right a zombie dressed in Michael Jackson's thriller outfit comes through the screen doing the thriller dance. That's what this reminds me. my list. Yeah. It's good, mate. It's it's, I've got a big list going on now. I say, this is, this is the recommendation podcast, isn't it? It's, it uh, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing quite well. Uh, so the uh, the Nazi crew uh, and are heavily on top of the fight. They've got the, the superior numbers uh, and are, are taking out a lot of the, uh, the Russian guys. Obviously, they're not being resurrected uh, and they've not got a doctor no. on their side. Uh, the doctor thing's kind of played for laughs, I think, but uh, it's um, as you say, they were um, stuffing hay into each other and uh, using a, a plunger to replace a guy's leg, yeah. uh, that sort of thing, which was uh, it's quite fun. But the, I think the doctor's kind of more for the for the end sequence, uh, the the post credit scene, but just to establish mm. that he is about thing. Um, yes, it is. So with them being quite down in numbers, they re- the the zombie squad realise that they're going to have to kill Herzog. And that everybody's connected to him in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's kind of a trope, isn't it, of uh, the leader? If you kill the leader, the symbiotic ones will fall, sort of thing. Yeah. You, you saw, yeah. I think probably most famously in Game of Thrones, wasn't it, with uh, um, you kill the the main White Walker and the rest all kind of die, sort of thing. But, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Spoilers. There's kind of there's nah, yeah. A, I wasn't going to ever watch it. <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of Indiana Jones is about it as well, uh, isn't there? Where there's that 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 bit in Indiana Jones where all the Nazis melt because the 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 fucking whatever it is. I'm not a big fan of the Indiana Jones films. Um, shockingly. Oh really? Um, well, I, 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 just, I just think they're all right. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Like I'd sit and watch them and get nothing from it. It's a bit like a cinematic version of a dairy milk chocolate bar. I will eat it, I will enjoy it, but it is like just vanilla. It's in the middle of the road. And older people think it's better than it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in all fairness, that's Star Wars for me. Star Wars is... Yeah. Oh, well, I quite like David. Like well, Star Wars to me is like Snickers. I can't, I can't have yeah. it. Hey, there he is. <laughs> uh, so we see um, the Russian guys on top of uh, Herzog about to get the big kill but gets mm. uh shivved in the back uh which yep. allows uh herzog to uh put an axe through a big pickaxe through uh through the russian uh russian leader's head as uh as martin looks on and does a big no because yeah, you've got to uh, have a big no at some point <laughs> haven't you? yeah uh so then that's when they realize they're really up against it and martin realizes that he's gonna have to go head on and face the herzog yes. who, uh, who's powered through everybody else that's that's gone up to him uh, this is then when we get the the kitchen fight 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Referenced a little earlier as they yeah, as they yeah. smash through that. Quite as I, as I say, it's quite nicely tight fight scene it seems like it's just one take uh with a lot of the with a lot of the action maybe not yeah, one take. Of, close yeah he reminded me of an episode of bottom yeah and uh a bit of fun with baking trays as well to uh, take me back to third year at uh, uni yeah taking me back to my ewf backyard wrestling days as well with my pals uh in our youth when we used to leather each other with baking trays like they were growing out of fashion <laughs> like that bit in the wrestler in in the film. Yeah, very oh, sick. Yeah. Very sick. Quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Herzog's on uh, on top. Looks like he's got the uh, uh, the number of Martin. And just as he's about to land the kill shot, uh, the tank, which has uh, been just crashing round through everything uh, throughout the fight scene, smashes through the house, and then they just suddenly end up on top of it instead yes. of underneath mm. it, <laughs> which. Um, it's a bit of a, a crash cut, but uh, yeah, they're, they're suddenly fighting on top of the uh, uh, top of the tank as it rolls through the streets of uh, of uh, Talvig. Yes, indeed. And bear in mind, it is literally down to the zombie squad versus all, all the Germans. Like, there's no Russians left now. Yeah, all the Russians are gone, and any of the resurrected from Martin's side yeah. are all gone. So, uh, um, thing he's got. So, the tank so, so while we're not me. Um, yeah, I'll say, yeah, well, while Martin is uh, fighting off, you've got uh, Glenn, uh, Becker, and Monica, and I think Glenn's about to make some sort of like big proclamation and he gets stabbed in the neck. Yeah, he's about to announce that he's uh, gay. Yes. That's like yes. A couple of times during the film, and I don't know if that's done for laughs. So it, it does feel kind of cruel the way that it, um, it, it's kind of done. Uh, but yeah, uh, just as he's about to say, it, he gets shanked through the back of the neck. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that was done. I don't know. I don't know what you guys felt about it. I don't know if it was done for laughs and it fell flat with me, or it was a bit of a strange decision. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, I, I think it was played for laughs and um, probably. I, I don't know. Norway might be a nice place, but I'm not sure if it's like behind the times when yeah. it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah, because there's a little bit earlier on uh, that we didn't touch on, but it's like, oh, I'm sure you've got somebody that you want to fight for. And he's like, yeah, he's great. And then he goes, I mean, she's great. She's got long hair and big boobs or whatever. <laughs> and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird tangent that they kind of, that they go on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, at this point, the, the two women of the zombie squad are surrounded by the Nazis. Uh, Daniel is in the tank fighting Nazis in there as it's driving along mm-hmm. the street. Uh, Daniel finally overcomes them uh, and he's driving the tank and he puts the brakes on, which causes Martin to fly off onto a car, which gives Herzog the uh, the upper position. 
Uh, and then just as he uh, Herzog looks like he's going to deliver the death blow, uh, the turrets on the tank swings round just behind Herzog's head where he can't see it and absolutely decaffeinates him. Yeah, and that has to be kill of the week for me. I mean, we've had some great kills, but when you're talking about someone getting their head shot off by a tank, it's gotta be it's gotta be kill of the week for me. His head flies off into the mountains. It is it is long gone. The only the only thing that would have made this better is if there was a shot of like the head whistling off and landed in a river something like three miles away. That would have sold it beautifully. Uh, but yeah, superb, superb. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, as as uh, as the zombie squad thought, with Herzog killed, the rest of the Nazis crumble uh, just as they were closing in on the on the two girls. So uh, looks like the good guys have won this one. Uh, the, uh, uh, mine and the zombie squad uh, have a quick uh, powwow to revel in their victory uh, and mm-hmm. then they, they, they make their separate ways as the police begin to survey the scene and complain about all the dead bodies yes and and again complain that if only I had a seagull translation machine they would have cracked the case like an egg yes <laughs> and then just when you think it's over total eclipse of the heart Stunning, stunning, (laughs) stunning choice. Um, And I think, do you know what, this last little romantic section um, that sort of results in a a zombie rummage, um, I think think maybe we should cross to to, uh, rummage correspondent Chris Wilson for the Middle East final couple of little scenes and you can uh, paint the picture for us, Chris. Okay, yeah, as the total clips of a heart is playing then, uh, Martin goes to uh, Hannah's grave, obviously Hannah being the uh, girlfriend he accidentally killed at the end of the last film, and uh, for obvious reasons, I having a Nazi arm that can resurrect the dead, he uh, digs her up and uh, brings her back alive again, in which then they have a bit of a stog, and then it turns into a full-blown rummage in the back of a car, which we only like get to see like the window and all that lot, so... In terms of eighteen, I'm going to have to give it a two out of ten because I bet it's like fucking a bag of beef jerky. Oh, <laughs> a horrible man! Yeah, and it also turns into a bit of a bit of a dogging session as the uh, zombie sidekick, who now is literally a rag and bone man, yes, <laughs> turns yeah. up at the scene just at the end and gives a a satisfied smile as he's found his master. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I guess that and that's, is that sort of that, that, takes, us, yeah. that takes us to the uh, credits. That's the end credits, and uh, there is a little bit straight afterwards where the doctor guy finds Herzog's head, Herzog's head, and lo and behold, he's alive. Well, if he's his alive, eyes are, anyway. If he's alive, why did all the Nazis fall down? And also, yeah, true. How is how is the zombie Nazi walk, doctor walking around if all the rest collapsed? Questions. Yeah. True. <laughs> it's absolutely too many true. Uh, We've got to get yeah. dead snow free somehow, though, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, ended with a rummage. You know, I knew I knew that had pop Wilson. We had the two shit cops in there. <laughs> knew that had work well. Decaffeination of the of the lead bad guy. Kill after kill after kill of the week. You know, it's a big hitter. It's a big hitter. <laughs> it is a big hitter. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was I was quite happy again watching this. Um, so uh, let's go into final thoughts, I guess. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Wilson. Uh, yeah, I, I fucking love this film. Yeah, yes. I thought it was spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, to be fair, I think it's better for the original as well because 
uh, whereas it's probably a bit silly from the original. Um, it just goes completely balls out with the kills and just, well, he, he just goes for it. And uh, I loved every minute of it. Um, in terms of uh, downsides, but you know, there's like things like the Star Wars girl because they're quite clearly trying to copy Erland from the first film, who was the best character. That doesn't really go as well, but that's just a very minor thing. Oh, and the Dicker cop thing doesn't really go anywhere this time. But yeah, other than that, everything in between, just exquisite. (laughs) What more can I say? (laughs) I think, yeah, it does deliver in spades. And yourself, Rob? Yeah, I mean, much the same, much the same as Chris Wilson, really. all in all, it was an excellent time. An excellent time was had uh, by by me. Um, it was, yeah, it was good crack. It was really good crack. Um, it was, it did what it said on the tin, um, which is kind of all you can really ask uh, of this or any film um, that we are looking at on this particular podcast. Um, yeah, it gave me the, the certainly giblets in spades. And uh, yeah, a top end, as you say, Chris, a top end decaffeination at the end. So yeah, a, a, a rollicking good time was had by all. Um, I have to, I have to say, um, my notes were a little bit um, below par this week because I was slightly inebriated when I watched the first half of it last night. Uh, but I did have an excellent time with it for sure. Um, it, it is my notes yes. are slightly slanted, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's definitely a film you could watch under the influence. It's uh, it's definitely one you could just throw on with uh, with some mates and just have a good laugh with if you're having a movie night, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun in that sort of vein. Yeah, uh, yeah really good. So I guess and we. And what did you think, Chris? Well, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's it's fun as it's. I guess it's not really a traditional zombie film. Uh, I guess zombie films kind of fall under uh, more being survivalist horror. Um, a lot of the time obviously this is more mm. comedy based that sort of thing so mm. uh, it's fun from that sort of thing i'd say it's a it's a really good i think popcorn flick i think it's definitely just a fry on a friday saturday night sort of thing um you know some uh, junk food some beers or whatever you put partake in and uh, just have a bit of a bit of a laugh really so yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of it indeed uh, sure and i think that brings us round to the scores on the doors Let's see where we uh, where we land on this one so uh, we'll go in the same order again, I guess. So we'll start off with the muscle-bound meat man of the macabre, Mr. Chris Wilson, to see uh, to see what the scores are. Oh, this is going to be a difficult one for turds because I think <laughs> I, it's, I it's a really good film. It's got loads of sort of turdy elements, but it sort of works in the context of the film. It's all just like gore and blood and guts, and I've really enjoyed it. Instead of it just being outright shit like we have, uh, like we get with some other films, so I'm gonna go for a. So I'd say I'm, I'm gonna go for a six for this, just, just because like when you think about it in context sure. of like a normal boring bloody Academy Award winning film, you certainly don't get the sort of elements you get in here. But in terms of like a hover, you know, it is really bloody good. So six does feel a bit high going at a normal scale, but I feel like it deserves some uh, awards for those bloody giblets and everything. Yeah. For sure it does. Yeah, for sure it um, does. Popcorns, I'm going to go with a nine. A nine. There we <laughs> go. Yeah, e- 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 easy enough. I-, I had a really bloody good time. I think it's up there as like one of the-, the best horror films I've watched for this podcast so far. It- you know, just in terms of like the gore and the blood and guts and everything. Yeah, e- this is fantastic. Yeah. 
Good Thank stuff. you, Mr. Chris. No <laughs> uh, worries, my pleasure. And uh, for the next scores on the board, we've got the haunting henchman of horror, Robbie Omens. What did you think, sir? That's a wonderful introduction. Um, I <laughs> thought, um, similarly to Mr. Wilson, to be honest with you, on, on the turds front, it's a difficult one because from a technical perspective, it's not really that turdy at all. It's well made. It's well shot. Um, you know, there's, there's some lovely scenery. There's some lovely sets. Um, it's all very well crafted and it's set up to pay off. And that's what it does. Um, but of course, there are some obvious shasher elements in there as well. Um, so I'm going to stick to what I've got written down, which is an agreement with Chris Wilson and a six turds from me. <laughs> very good. Very good. And then we're looking at the uh, the old popcorn, buttered, popcorn, yes. caramel, and uh, salted, all mixed in together. Probably some M and M's in there. Probably, yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of unpopped kernels in there. But um, yeah, do you know what? I mean, it was a fucking good time. It was a really good time. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight on an the eight. popcorn scale. So it's a it's a big hitter for sure. Lovely for stuff. Sure. Lovely stuff. And that swings it round to myself for my scores on the door. And um, I am actually in agreement with Mr. Wilson on this one. I do think uh, everything that you guys have said really kind of covers it. It's a difficult one on the turdy scale to to really judge because, as you say, it's not a bad film. It's not badly shot. It, everything looks great. The kills are for, like top tier in terms of some of the stuff uh, that you get to see, particularly from the ones we've seen uh, during my trilogy of run uh here mm-hmm. on, on the podcast uh but it is it's a ridiculous premise it's uh i think some of the comedy kind of falls flat with them trying to go after an audience that wasn't there i think yeah. with the yeah. first mm-hmm. i think the comedy stylings of the first film uh far ex- out exceed the uh the comedy of the second one uh, and that kind of drags it down so yeah i, I give it a six as well sure. uh, on on the turds and for the for the popcorns, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid nine for me. Would be a ten, but the um, the jokes coming from the the zombie squad do kind of drag things down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as uh, I don't know if um, it's a little too vicious towards the 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 only character that's even in, in, like kind of hinted at being a homosexual. Um, that that seems a bit of a, a negative on that side of things. Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a few slight negatives on there, but in terms of action and kills and, uh, I mean, the pacing of it, it seems to fly by being it's quite a tight 90 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, lot that you'd cut out, really. Uh, you know, maybe five minutes here or there uh, overall. But, yeah, I think it's a it's a really solid film. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big nine from itself. As well. Very good. Very good, yes. A good time was had by all. Absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, that's it. And as uh, as I was uh, impl- uh, you know uh, saying there, it's the uh, the end of my run, I believe, as the as the the, the trilogy yep. comes to conclusion. Yes, yes, sadly so. A great yeah. great trilogy though, and and thank you so much, Chris, for uh, for joining us on this little run. Um, mm. as we... It's been a fun run in the territory. Put you guys over a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Book to big names, so, you know. Get get the uh, get the fans flocking in. Um, you've had, you've yeah. had Andre the Giant, and this has been the Battle Royal. Exactly <laughs> that. You got it. Um, so now we enter a really big moment in the Cinematry podcast from this point onwards. Uh, next episode is episode ninety, 
Um, so we are officially on the run to 100. Um, and much like uh, episode 90, I guess you could describe it as our Royal Rumble, our inciting event on the road to 100. Um, and it is forced to Chris Wilson to set the trail ablazing. So it's a bit of a gamble, this one, because in non-kayfabe, as in we're recording this on March 28th, this film isn't actually out yet. Uh, I think we should go for something really new and a film I've been very looking forward to for ages. And of course, that is Godzilla versus Kong. So, yeah. By, by the time we get to it, it'll be out for about six weeks. So I think we'll have digested it quite well by then. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we might as well uh, strike it while it's still hot and uh, see what we think of it. Wowzers. That is, that is, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer the other day. I think I sent the trailer to the Cinematry chat actually the other day. You did indeed, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that film. It looks, it looks like large creatures twatting each other for two hours. So that should be all right. Which is all you want, isn't it? You don't want yeah. any like anything else. But you don't want humans, and you don't want to care about them. You just want two big lads smashing the shit out of each other. Well, exactly. three big lads. It looks like from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You don't want any of that. Brian Cranston acting bollocks. No, yeah. absolutely not. Give me, give me Mecha Godzilla. Let's go. <laughs> Very good. So, uh, would you like to, uh, as our as our, uh, our guest star, Chris? Would you like to uh, send us away for the week? Oh, I can do. So, thank you, one and all, for listening to this episode of Cinemortuary. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and hope you track it down on Shudder, uh, Amazon Prime, or wherever else you can find movie videos and uh, give it a whirl. Uh, you can always let me know what your thoughts on the the film are. Uh, you can reach me at, at Great Bash Heel over on the Twitter. Uh, you'll have to wade through loads of wrestling nonsense to find me, but I, I am there. Uh, I have been uh, your host of this show and obviously been joined uh, by the lovely muscle-bound meat man of the macabre. I'm going to get that over as much as I can. <laughs> Work that gimmick. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like at, I said, it's, as soon as this episode goes out on Twitter, bio. Yeah, that's it. At Thrillson on Twitter, Mr. Chris Wilson. And, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. And uh, his cohort in crime, the haunting horror, no, the haunting henchman of horror. Mr. Rob Yeomans at Dancing Henry on Twitter. Thank you so much, Chris. It has been a pleasure. And from me, it is goodbye. Bye. Sweet. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.